Welcome to Clocking In, Forces of NC Manufacturing. I'm your host, Phil Mintz, Director of the North Carolina Manufacturing Extension Partnership, otherwise known as NCMEP. My role is to drive outreach to NC manufacturers, build relationships to federal and state leaders, and coordinate efforts to drive profitable manufacturing growth in North Carolina. Throughout my time working closely with manufacturers, I have heard the most quirky, curious, and memorable stories. I wanted to turn these stories into a podcast so that others may hear and be informed and inspired. From humble beginnings to manufacturing titans, from tragedy to triumph, I will be interviewing some of these manufacturers who have made North Carolina manufacturing the powerhouse that it is today. We all consider going to the beach as an opportunity for a relaxing experience. But according to the U.S. Consumer Product Safety Commission, about 2,800 beachgoers ended up in the emergency room because of beach umbrella injuries between 2010 and 2018. Our focus today is on a North Carolina business whose mission is to decrease that number to zero. Established in 2013, BeachBub is a family-owned manufacturer based out of Greensboro, North Carolina, producing all-in-one beach umbrellas and umbrella accessories. Their patented umbrella base folds up to the size of a paperback book and weighs less than half a pound. When filled with sand, it weighs 125 pounds and can withstand winds up to 44 miles per hour, takes up little space, and can be filled by a child in less than two minutes. The BeachBub umbrella system won the 2022 Coolest Thing Made in North Carolina contest in the small business category. BeachBub has been featured on the Today Show, QVC, Good Morning America, and multiple local news stations around the country. Today we're clocking in with the voice of BeachBub founder and president Bill Skirmerhorn. And Bill, thank you for taking time to speak with us. How are you today? I'm great. Well, Bill, by many accounts, you seem to have become the worldwide ambassador of beach umbrella safety. Before this massive breakthrough invention, were you always as passionate about the work you did? Oh, I love love work. I love coming up with new ideas, making products better, making, coming up with things that just make our lives easier. So you've always been the inventor type. I am, yeah. Yeah. So talk a bit about the journey you made from that dreadful day in 2009 on the beach to the moment you felt you had a, the beach bug product that worked so successfully. Well, it was 2009, my wife and I are in our place in Naples, Florida, beautiful sunny day. And unfortunately, a lady was struggling with her beach umbrella and it went flying down the beach and severely injured a small child. And as I'm sitting there watching people throughout the day, they're still wrestling with their beach umbrellas. Even after this accident, people are holding on their umbrellas, and even some umbrellas actually lifted out of the sand and kept flying down after we saw, saw this horrible accident. So I got to thinking, why are patio umbrellas so stable? Well, it's an obvious answer. Patio umbrellas have a weighted base. That's the solution. But wait a second, who's going to carry that to and from the beach? Nobody's going to carry a 100-pound base with everything else. They slept down to the beach. No way. So then I thought, wait a second. I remember the days that I played basketball back in college, and we used to have basketball hoops that you could fill up with sand, and it would actually hold a basketball hoop on your driveway. I said, wait a second. What if somebody made something portable, and you filled it up with the sand on the beach? So that evening, Chris and I went home, my wife and I went home, and we went to a trip to Home Depot and Joanne's Fabric, and we made this idea that I came up with. Tried it the next day, and lo and behold, it worked. 
that was the genesis of the beach bub beach umbrella base. It took a while to get it all set up to what we see in this factory right here, right? Yeah. So, so talk about the journey from that first thing until you actually have a factory. So, so as we've all come up with ideas um, through life, um, come up with better ways to make something or make, make a product a little easier to use, I went ahead and, um, and you know, we never do anything. We always, we always come up with these ideas and then we don't do anything. Five years later, we see it on the shelf someplace and say, that was my idea. So I told myself, I said, you know, I'm going to see if this is something that could be patented or I could actually make this and sell it. And so I contacted an intellectual property attorney and told him what my idea was. And he didn't think it was a very good idea. He, in fact, he said, it's too simple. No, this has already been thought of. I said, you know, but if it had, why? It should be all over the place. It's such a simple solution to a major problem. And so he said, well, if you want to go ahead and apply for a patent, we can do that. So we did. And within one year, we were granted a utility patent, a U.S. utility patent on this product. So that was in 2000, the end of 2011. So literally from the inception, it was a year and a half, almost two years before we received a patent. So now I had a patent. So now what do I do with it? Well, I was very fortunate in that I spent 35 years in the business products distributorship where we built relationships with customers and vendors, and we were, I was pretty good at understanding how to source products. So I knew there were some, some products that I had to source in order to make this particular finished product. So I started getting out, I started contacting different manufacturers to see um, if it was possible to get this product manufactured. And it took two years and a lot of money and a lot of time to um, vet different manufacturers, get samples, get proofs, Finally, in 2014, I had a product that I wanted to bring to the marketplace. So I said, how am I going to bring this to the marketplace? Well, I decided I'd go down, we would go down to Surf Expo in Orlando, Florida. And that is a trade show where a lot of people will show their beach products or show their resort products. Um, and I set up a nice booth and we got no interest whatsoever. Nobody was interested in this product. They said, that is a silly idea. But I still believed in what I was doing. So I spent the winter down in Naples, Florida, going from mar farmer's market to farmer's market with a fold-up table and a couple buckets of sand. And I would show this product to potential customers, which actually became customers. Now, at that time, it was just a base. And this base would attach to your umbrella pole. And started selling these, and customers started coming back and saying, well, your base works fabulous. It's a great idea. But where do you find a good quality umbrella? Because my umbrella just folds up like a flag at a 10-mile-an-hour wind. So I said, let me go look, and let me find out where I can find an umbrella that will match the performance of my base. Well, what I found in the marketplace was two types of umbrellas. The umbrellas that come from overseas that literally weigh two pounds, and in a 10-mile-an-hour wind, they turn into a flagpole, basically. The, the, the umbrella inverts, breaks, you don't have anything. On the other side of the spectrum, I found these resort-style umbrellas that weigh 20 pounds, have a wooden shafted umbrella, and you most commonly see these by the resorts and by the beach umbrella rental companies. Well, the problem with that is, who's going to carry that to and from the beach? That's a 20-pound umbrella. It costs $300. I can't imagine a mob with two little kids taking that and trying to install that and put that into the beach. So I went on a road trip and contacted the top six patio umbrella companies that mainly 
make umbrellas for the patio setups, but they also manufacture the umbrellas for the trade, for the commercial entities that are using beach umbrellas, the resorts, the municipalities, and the beach umbrella rental companies. And they range from California Umbrella in California to Frankfurt in Pennsylvania to Tucci down in Miami to Fiber Lake to East Coast Umbrella Company here in North Carolina. I visited them all. And I said, I'm interested in developing an umbrella that will withstand a 35-mile-an-hour wind gust but only weigh nine pounds. And they all laughed at me. They said, why would you want to do that when an umbrella is just going to go flying down the beach and hurt somebody? I said, well, I came up with a base that will prevent that from happening. They looked at my idea and they said, that is not going to work. So I said, fine. So I said, you know, I'm going to do this myself. So I went ahead and got some books, went on the internet and found out what the anatomy of a beach umbrella is and all the different components and how an umbrella works and the whole thing. That was the genesis of actually getting into the umbrella business. So I, so I took a basic design and from there, I looked at the weakest link and, and improved the weak link and then went looking for the next weak link. You built your product from the ground up. From right? the ground up. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So was it always called Beach Bub? What did you toy with before you got Yeah, there? that's very interesting. So <laughs> so we were toying with a name. And, and at that time, it was just Beach. It was the base. So we were trying to come up with a word, a name. We couldn't figure out what, what, what it was going to be. My daughter, who actually plays on the beach volleyball, professional beach volleyball tour, she has a lot of friends, and they embrace the product right away because they need shade when they're on the beach, especially for their changeovers and when they're, you know, in between their matches, they need shade. And so she had one of her friends that came up with a, a very neat idea. She, they said, I got a great name for you. So it's synonymous with ATM. What does ATM stand for? Automatic Teller Machine. So they came up with this name, Beach Bub. What's Bub stand for? Beach Umbrella Base. Beach Bub. Oh. That was the invention. That was the name. That was the genesis of the name Beach Bub. And it served us very well because it didn't tie us to a specific, just single product where we have now expanded into a whole line of products. It's kind of synonymous with going to the beach, Beach Bub. It mm. can represent a beach umbrella. It can represent the tray table system. It can represent any of the accessories that have. It's all Beach Bub now. And these were, were these marketing people? No, it was just no. somebody that just. No, these are they, we're just we're we're just down to earth people that are trying to come up with solutions. And I'll tell you a real quick story. And I, I had several companies that I owned over over my lifetime in being in business, and I tutelaged a lot of salespeople over over that period of time. And and I told my salespeople, I said, you know, don't think of it as selling products or services. Be a solution provider. Come up with be a problem solver. And when you're solving problems for your customers, they will embrace you and they will, they will enjoy having you come by and they'll give you other things to work on as well. So it's all about problem solving and coming up with better ways to do things. Well, you gave you were so nice to give us a tour around your factory here and you actually showed us your mad scientist lab. Yeah. <laughs> we we learned that you do a lot of your own testing and do it. You, you basically do it all. So. Yeah, yeah. Uh, one of the questions we had for you, and we'd like to hear you talk about that, is you know how do you test for the wind? I mean, I don't see anything around here like a wind tunnel. Yeah, so that's that's a real good question. You could always kind of take it out on the beach and hope for a windy day and get a wind meter. And I've done that a little bit. But whenever we came up with new designs, and so through the evolution of this product, which has been almost eight years. We've come up with 
we've identified a weak link, and it could be everything from the way the frame is put together to the structure of the pole, to the canopy, to the shape of the canopy. Every time you make a change, you have to test it. And so to get a consistent testing um, facility, you actually would have to go to a wind tunnel testing facility. I tried and tried for all the major universities. Nobody was interested in testing at a beach umbrella where you actually incorporated sand in the test area because sand gets loose. It, it, it hurts or damages their equipment, their, their turbines or whatever. So one way I did this, which was I always got a kick. In the, I, I would get calls from the neighbors after I was doing this when I got a new product. I would go ahead and stick the umbrella and set it up in the back of my pickup truck. And I would have been on Old Country Road here in Greensboro, North Carolina. And I'd go flying down the road and I'd videotape this. And then I'd get the calls from the neighbor saying, oh, there he is again. He's after testing his beach umbrella. So that gave us a baseline and it gave us a pretty good idea. Fortunately, about two years ago, we actually, I kept trying. Tenacity, perseverance, these are really good qualities if you want to be an inventor, if you want to actually do something. If, you, if you're a quitter, you give up. Nah, this yeah, is the you right already told us that you went through a lot of no's to get to A lot of no's. Here. You got a lot of no's. So I finally found a, a wind tunnel facility in, in Mooresville, North Carolina, the A2 wind tunnel testing facility. And they their primary um, um, testing, they test for motocross and for NASCAR. And they agreed to test the umbrella force with sand in their test facility. And we clocked that at 44 miles an hour in their test facility. And to their amazement, as a matter of fact, they had side bets on when my umbrella was going to fail. They were down in the, in the low teens thinking the umbrella would fail. And when it passed 44 miles an hour and it didn't fail, they turned their t- wind tur- the turbines off because the sand was launching into their turbines. So they called off the test at 44 miles an hour. So we kind of actually gone a little bit higher. I don't know where, where the failure rate was, but at 44 miles an hour, you don't want to be on the beach in any condition because at 20 miles an hour, the wind starts to leave the beach and starts sandblasting you. So at 44, you're, you're approaching gale force winds. You don't want to be on the beach, much less have an umbrella out there. Yeah, so modern manufacturing is going through these these challenges, and I thought I want to, you know, we talked about some of this earlier, but I'd just like to hear your take on it. You know, a couple of things are, one is workforce, of course, and, you know, you seem to have an innovative way to kind of navigate that. This is a family-run business, and, you know, you are the leaders of it, but how you manage the, the workforce that helps get things done in here is a little unique. Can yeah, you talk about that? you're exactly right, and so... We do light assembly here, quality control. We do packing and all the fulfillment. And so we have a little running joke on how we get our employees here. So we're a big tennis family, big sports family. And my wife is a 4-5 tennis player for USTA. And she has a very, very large bullpen of friends that actually would love to work at Beach Pub. This is a very lighthearted, very fun place to work. We have music playing. We have flex hours. So a lot of the, a lot of our women that that and it's mainly women that, that work here for their part time work. They will come in after their tennis match in the morning, and they'll work for three, four, five hours. And we have different um, stations that they can go to, and so they'll get with our production manager, and they'll say what needs to be done today, and he'll kind of guide them in which direction to go, and they'll go. And when they get tired of doing something, they'll go work on another station. So it's very lighthearted, not boring at all. It's very fun. So the little running joke we have is that to work at Beach Bub, you have to be a woman, you have to be over 55 years old, and have a reason to get away from your husband. (laughs) 
Okay, and 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 it's fun. We 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 take that's a little lighthearted joke right there, but it's yeah. very fun to work here. It's it's um not stressful at all, and and it keeps everybody moving. It keeps gives some people you know um, our, a lot of our senior citizens a reason to get out and, and do something. We have um, our in laws who work here. They're over there right now. The um, Lindsleys. They're in their nineties working here at Beach Bub. There you go. Yeah, it's fun. So, and the other piece of things that are struggling in manufacturing is supply chain, you know, being able to get the products you need. And, and I think you said you had a bit of a background in that as you got started, but still it's a challenge that you have to nurture, right? Yeah. So there are two sides of the equation in, in, in any, any business, you have your customers and you have your vendors. Uh, a lot of people spend time with their customers, don't understand the importance of their vendors. Vendors are as equally as important as customers to the livelihood of a business. So we, we build those relationships. We cherish those relationships with our vendors and our manufacturers of the parts that we you know, use to build our products. And we, we build a relationship with them so that when things get tight or if, the, if, if a product um, becomes in short supply, we've got, some, we've got some markers out with them. And you know, we'll go to them and say, we need help with this. We, we, we can't wait two months for this particular product. Can you help us out? And, and that comes with relationship building. So when you build those relationships and you understand how important those relationships are, then you can smooth out the wrinkles in the business. It's not to say that it always works that way. And then you have to have enough foresight and you have to have a good backlog of that second and third supply chain. So if you're just relying on one vendor for everything, um, it, can get, it can get sticky. So you always have to have somebody in the bullpen. You always have to have that backup. And, and we've done that. I think after spending 35 years in the distributorship for business products, I, I fully understand the importance of that. Well, going to the beach for us, you know, is kind of a seasonal thing. And I guess you have to try to figure out, uh, you know, where your business is going to come from all the time. So what's, your, what's the future? So, so the future is um, I have become the lead advocate for beach umbrella safety. And I have, um, uh, unfortunately, unfortunately, when there are severe accidents or fatalities, and the, just this last summer we had another fatality, Tammy Barrett out of Garden City, South Carolina. Yeah, I read that um, article. Yep. Very sad. I am called upon by the networks and by the major newspapers to do interviews. And so what I'm constantly looking, what, what I'm constantly trying to do here is I'm trying to move the needle forward, and I'm trying to get people to understand the importance of not only having a convenient and easy-to-use product, but a safe product for the beach. Fortunately, last year, I was approached by the ASTM organization, the American Society for Testing Materials, which is a century-old business. Uh, They work very closely with the Consumer Product Safety Commission to look at products that are in the marketplace or in um, in, in the public domain that are deemed unsafe. Uh, there's one that a lot of people know of, and that is the, the IKEA dresser drawer tip-overs, where you have t- a tall dresser drawer. You might have a TV or something on it. A child climbs up the dresser drawers, and it falls over and falls on them. And there's been some fatalities. They were instrumental in coming up with a program called Anchoring. Oh, well, that, that was very that was you know, kind of synonymous with what we were trying to do. We were trying to dovetail ourselves and kind of go down that same blaze path that they had created for that program. And so three years ago, I went to Congress uh, with the help of some lobbyists, and we petitioned four U.S. senators. I took a coalition of families, including the Belk family. Tammy Barrett was killed, unfortunately, in Virginia Beach by a resort umbrella that flew away and went through her chest. And 
uh, we petitioned the, the senators to go ahead and see if we could get the Consumer Product Commission to go ahead and, pardon the pun, weigh in on coming up with a better system to anchor beach umbrellas. Unfortunately, the Consumer Product Safety Commission at that time came back and said that we don't see anything in the, currently in the marketplace that could help the average beachgoer, being that the average beachgoer has a multitude of skill sets. I was, I was amazed that they would come out with a statement like that because using our system, it's as simple as filling a bucket up with sand. That's literally how hard this is. But a year later, a year and a half later, I was contacted by the ASTM organization, and they said that they were actually developing some safety standards for umbrellas. And they were starting off with patio umbrellas. And they said, we don't know how we got your name, but we're interested in all takers to come and sit on our committees to help us through this journey of creating a um, different specification and standards for making, in this particular product, umbrellas safer. So I agreed to sit on that committee. And, and after they found out who I was, and they knew somebody was out there in the marketplace, they didn't know who it was, but then they found out that I was the one they were looking for. They appointed me as the chair and as a task manager to develop the secondary standard that they were working on, which was the, specifically for beach umbrellas. And so for the last year, we have been working on coming up with a beach umbrella uh, specification safety standard that we can then inform the manufacturers and we can have a standard so that they can manufacture their products too, to, to then inform the consumer as to what the expectations are for that product that they're buying from that manufacturer. Right now, there are no standards. Hmm. Right now, you're buying an umbrella and there is, there is nothing on that umbrella that says what it's rated for. And furthermore, they don't tell you how to anchor it properly. In fact, in a lot of cases, they say, well, you have to go do that on yourself. Just go out and buy something in the marketplace to anchor your umbrella. So I really feel like we're at the, we're at the starting point. We're at the doorstep of actually making some tremendous changes in the way that um, people are setting up beach umbrellas. And it starts with the manufacturers that inform the consumers. Now, the consumers, literally, um, to start off with, are going to be the major players, which are the municipalities, the safety directors with the municipalities, the facility managers for the resorts, and the beach umbrella rental companies. They're the commercial entities that are using beach umbrellas. Currently, right now, they don't believe in a weighted system. They believe the best way to set up a beach umbrella is to simply stick the pole 20 inches into the sand and let it, let it be, let it go. That's it. The problem with that is, is that setup will most likely help in tipping over because it's very difficult for an umbrella to put 20 inches to the ground to tip over. But there's nothing holding it to the ground. So there's a principle, uh, there's, a, there's a physics principle out there. It's called the Bernoulli principle. Uh, and not too many people know about it other than everybody knows how it works. Because if you've ever flown in a plane, you are flying based on the Bernoulli principle. It's the wind traveling over top of a curved surface that creates low pressure, which creates lift. And this is exactly what a beach umbrella is. It's got a curved surface, and when the air travels over top of it, it creates lift, and an umbrella is going to lift up out of the hole, and now it goes flying and rolling down the beach looking to injure somebody. So I really feel like once we finish the work with this organization, that we're going to be again, at the doorstep of changing the way that people set up their beach umbrellas. Now, as a result of what I've done, and I'm fully happy with this, there's about 15 copycats out there uh, that have skirted around our intellectual property, but it's all for a good cause. If we can get everybody to understand that putting a weight on the bottom of their beach umbrella, then hopefully never, nobody will ever have to see 
what my wife and I saw back in 2009, or there'll never be another Tammy Barrett where she was impaled and lost her life in South Carolina. Oh, absolutely. We certainly did. Well, we've been speaking to Bill Skirmahorn. Uh, he is the founder, president, and uh, more importantly, chief innovator of Beach, uh, Beach Umbrella System is what you're selling it as, yeah. right, Bill? Yeah, exactly. We, we really appreciate your time and showing us around, and we look forward to all your exciting innovations. And, you know, thanks for, for having us. Well, thanks for coming by. I really do appreciate it. And, you know, it was such an honor for us to receive the the award from um, the North Carolina Chamber of Commerce, yes. the coolest product made in North Carolina. Um, it's very genuine. Um, it's very organic because it all comes from our users. We're so impressed with with our consumers and the people that buy our product. They are what we call our beach ambassador, beach bub ambassadors. We have literally tens of thousands, if not hundreds of thousands of beach uh, bub ambassadors. They tell the story for us every day. They range from people from as young as 20 to 85 years old, where they'll set their beach umbrella up on a windy day, and they're the last beach umbrella standing. And people will come over at the end of the day and go, okay, we've been watching you all day. You haven't paid attention to your umbrella at all. We've struggled with ours all day long. We put ours down three hours ago, and you're sitting there enjoying your kids, your grandchildren, everything around you. It's, there's no noise. It's perfectly quiet. What do you got here? And they tell the story for us. Yeah. And they do this every day. And yeah, we love they, it. They, they, they post it online, too. They do. They yeah. post all the reviews online. We yeah. love it. We really do. Well, we're great. Again, we're great that you, we're thankful that you're in North Carolina because you said you could have been in Maryland, right? I could have been. Yeah. But I, we love North Carolina. Yeah. North yeah. Carolina's home to us. Yeah. So, great. We, we, again, we, we thank you so much for being a part of this uh, podcast. And we look forward to seeing you again soon. Oh, thanks so much. Thank you for joining today's Clocking In, Voices of NC Manufacturing. This podcast is brought to you by NC State's College of Engineering, the North Carolina Manufacturing Extension Partnership, and Industry Expansion Solutions. If you'd like to learn more about the solutions NCMEP offers, go to www.ncmep.org. Want to listen to previous Clocking In podcasts? Go to ncmep.org slash clocking in.